Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. Today is Wednesday, January 8th, 2020. Coming up on Roland Martin Unfiltered. Yo, Keystone Cops in the White House. Republican Senator Mike Lee goes off on the Trump administration after what he described the worst military briefing he's received since being in the United States Senate. Hashtag Mike, we tried to tell you. Also, Iran launches a counterattack and Donald Trump comes out and talks about it and then blames Obama for it. Really. Democrats are accusing Mike Bloomberg of running an imperial campaign because he's using his own money and refuses to take donations. Huh. How's that going, Mike? Also, folks, we'll talk about, of course, uh, more conversations about what's happening in professional sports when it comes to black managers. It's time to bring the funk. I'm Roland Martin Unfiltered. Let's go. He's got it. Whatever the miss, he's on it. Whatever it is, he's got the scoop, the fact, the fine. And when it breaks, he's right on time. And it's rolling. Best believe he's knowing. Putting it down from sports to news to politics. With entertainment just for kicks, he's rolling. 
rifles, Iran launched missile strikes uh, late Tuesday against two Iraqi military bases that house U.S. forces in retaliation for the airstrike that killed Iranian, their Iranian major general last week. Now, there has been no indication from U.S. officials of any American casualties from the strike. Today, in a news conference, Donald Trump seemed to seek a de-escalation, saying Tehran, Tehran appears to be standing down. Okay. Speaker Nancy Pelosi announced that the House would vote on a war powers resolution tomorrow that would limit President Trump's military actions regarding Iran. And what's quite interesting about this, of course, uh, is that uh, in his speech, uh, Donald Trump uh, chose to, first of all, use the opportunity to lie about the um, Iranian nuclear deal, uh, ch then chose to blame the black guy for the problems today, and then tout how great the economy is. It was all over the place. Uh, and, uh, and so, y'all, so listen to this if you really, really uh, want to understand uh, the lack of a brain of the person in the old office. In recent months alone, Iran has seized ships in international waters, fired an unprovoked strike on Saudi Arabia, and shot down two U.S. drones. Iran's hostilities substantially increased after the foolish Iran nuclear deal was signed in 2013. And they were given $150 billion, not to mention $1.8 billion in cash. Instead of saying thank you to the United States, they chanted death to America. In fact, they chanted death to America the day the agreement was signed. Then Iran went on a terror spree, funded by the money from the deal, and created hell in Yemen, Syria, Lebanon, Afghanistan, and Iraq. The missiles fired last night at us and our allies were paid for with the funds made available by the last administration. So um, here's a deal. Uh, Donald Trump, of course, was uh, pretty much um, making stuff up there. Uh, he, of course, he said that 150 million. Well, the Associated Press did a fact check, uh, and this is what they say: "Quote: When Iran signed the multinational deal to restrain its nuclear development in return for being freed from sanctions, it regained access to its own assets. So the United States didn't give Iran a hundred and $50 billion. This is the quote from the Associated Press. There was no $150 billion gift from the U.S. Treasury or other countries. Iran was allowed to get its money back. The $1.8 billion refers to a separate matter, also misstated or lied by the president going back to before the 2016 election. Huh. AP, a payout of roughly that amount did come from the U.S. Treasury, it was to pay an old IOU. In the 1970s, Iran paid the U.S. $400 million for military equipment that was never delivered because the government was overthrown and diplomatic relations ruptured. After the nuclear deal, the U.S. and Iran announced they had settled the matter with the U.S. agreeing to pay the $400 million principal along with about $1.3 billion in interest. The $400 million was paid in cash and flown to Tehran on a cargo plane. The arrangement provided for the interest 
to be paid later. In Trump's telling, one cargo plane with 400 million that was owed to Iran has become big planes, 757s, Boeing 757s, loaded with $1.8 billion giveaway. Let's go to our panel. Monique Presley, legal analyst and crisis manager, CJ Jordan, CEO of Jordan Management Group, Rob Richardson. He is the host of Disruption Now podcast who joins us via Skype. Uh, CJ, why, why is he lying? I mean, why is he speaking the truth? No, he's lying. He's not lying. He is lying. No, when he lying. says we gave them $150 billion, we did not give them $150 billion. Oh. Assets were unfrozen. Giving someone $150 billion in unfreezing assets, which is their own money, that's not giving. At the end of the day, <clears throat> it's semantics. And no, 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 end, I want to no, do it the beginning of the no, day. No, no, at the end of the day, as I was saying, they got $1.7 billion. No, no, no. Now, hold on, hold on. First now, of all, no, no, hold on. Let's stop, stop. That's separate. I just read that. Okay? I understand. I'm so not I just, stupid. No, no, no. Let's, let's first deal with the $150 allow, for, allow me to finish no, 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 my no, no, statement. No, 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 no. Let's deal with the $150 billion. I'm going to okay. come back to the $1.8 billion, okay, not $1.7. Go ahead. So let's deal with this here. Okay. We didn't give them $150 billion. Assets were unfrozen. The bottom line is whether you want to deal with assets unfrozen it was still given to them by the U.S. government under the prior administration. So now, what did they do with that fluid cash? They bought additional military assets and used it within the region. Who did they buy it from? China, probably Russia. No, but where's the evidence they bought it? What are you talking about? They bought they bought military equipment. The bottom line is. No, no, no. I'm asking you. They what... circumvented the sanctions. No, and no, no. no. Hold up. You just yes, said sir. they bought stuff. Where's yes, the evidence of that? Um, our military. No. Where's the proof? The proof is the spy planes that saw and the times that we intercepted equipment going into Iran. That's documented. Where, where are you getting this from? Um, read it. Look it up. No, from where? What, the media. What's your source? The media. There were evidence Look, the media? Of, yes. Okay, which one? There's left-leaning media, CNN. No, no, where, no. But show, do you have a link? I can look it up and give it to you. Okay, I'm just trying to understand the proof here, okay? Monique, when you listen to what he says, now all of a sudden he wants to blame Obama. Uh, for this, okay, saying that Obama or even previous presidents, they should have killed this, this, this Iraqi general. This is someone who has no understanding of what the hell is going on in Iraq or Iran. Right, because it's not that prior presidents didn't have plans and opportunity to take out this leader, and it's, it's not like other countries didn't either. They chose not to do that because they knew that it would put them in a position that we're in now. But I don't expect anything different from from this president. I mean, he's blame Obama is the only blame Obama and destroy any semblance of any policy that was successful under President Obama. That's the only thing that he's interested in doing. And I'm surprised it took this long for them to try to start this conflict because he's surrounded himself with a bunch of war hawks that wanted to get it done. Rob, if you really want to laugh, and uh, actually it's sad to listen to Donald Trump decry the Iraq. The, the Iran nuclear agreement, and then say they should come back to the table to do a new deal. Okay, L let's see here. <clears throat> so you mean to tell me that the United States, along with multiple other countries, negotiated a nuclear deal to prevent them from developing a nuclear weapon for the next 15 years? Yep. Donald yep. Trump comes in, tears that deal up, and then actually believes that Iran is going to trust him 
in a negotiation? After, after, is, is after he, of course, he killed. Is he actually think, does he think Iran is operating like the people who gave Trump uh, uh, the Taj Mahal in Atlantic City? I, I, yeah, look, I, I don't know what Trump is thinking. This is what I do know, though. Uh, as was stated earlier, he likes to do everything to blame Obama for any problem that's happened. Uh, but he doesn't give Obama any credit for anything that's gone well. So you can pretty much know everything that uh, has gone wrong for Trump. You can always go back to blame Obama. Uh, but you look at this Iran uh, agreement, the agreement that you just talked about. Um, it was a, it was a good agreement. The part he didn't like about it was that Obama was a part of it. Uh, so he decided he wanted to cancel it, didn't have a plan for what he wanted to do, and then wanted to figure out a way to change the subject. This is what this is about. No matter what anybody else says, he wants to change the subject from impeachment. He wants to change the subject from the fact that he has betrayed this nation and wants to have a conversation about war, Iran, anything else but what he's done, the crimes he's committed. That is why he's doing this. Uh, and I'll just say one final thing. You know, he... He's, he, the, the president occupant of the White House, he doesn't deserve the respect to be called president. He doesn't reserve that. He doesn't uh, respect that office. And so he's the president occupant of the White House, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, when you look, he does not trust the intelligence. The intelligence, uh, every time the intelligence says something that he doesn't like, they're, they're the deep state. They're after them. They're corrupt. Now we're supposed to believe him that, uh, that the intelligence told him this. And we know that it's probably not true because the one consistent thing I can tell you about the president occupant of the White House is that he's a liar. So let's not forget the oil. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I mean, this is the one war that since he was running for office, he was interested in. And it's interesting to me that Bolton stepping forward now once he finally got his war, um, or at least the march up to it. But every single administration official at some point during their remarks said, and if Iran's not careful, they're going to lose some oil. And if this happens, we're going to get you know, the grip on more oil. I mean, it, there's a point to this madness. Um, and the way that it's done is reckless. And it's, it's unfortunate and sad for the United States that human lives of our armed forces are not uh, treated with more care for the ultimate sacrifice that they I'm, make in these circumstances. I mean, I disagree with that statement. I mean, our military has gotten pay raises, has been treated better than Obama. They're not a photo op like Obama treated them. And more importantly... <laughs> I'm sorry, you said they're not a photo op like Obama treated them? What, yeah, every, what does that mean? Every time he turned around, he was doing a photo op. I'm sorry, go, we said so photo op. Me, like, allow me are you to saying finish. the president can't appear and speak to troops? I'm not saying that. So, I'm but, just but, saying... No, no, no if you're going to say it's a photo op, yeah, I need he, you to define yeah. it. What, what, what does that a mean? photo op. I mean, every time he turned around, he was doing a photo op. He didn't give him a pay raise. He didn't do what he needed to do with the VA. So, and he didn't give the commanders in the field... He didn't do what he needed to do with the VA? No, he didn't. Is this guy doing it? Oh, most definitely. Where's the proof? Um, recent bills that was a pay raise. He's made sure the VA has... No, no, no. A no, pay raise for the military, military is, ain't the VA. Let me finish. The VA is the Department of Veteran Affairs. I understand that. Okay, but so that's, that's not I the know same what as a pay is. raise for the military. Allow me to finish what I was saying. But it's a separate thing. Go ahead. So, again, when we talk about the military and veterans affairs, pay raise. When we talk about getting the backlog of benefit claims done, he's done that. So, he just so the, signed so a the, back, the backlog is over. no. It's not over, but it has decreased. According to IAVA, okay, uh, I'm sorry, uh, according to the veterans' organizations, that's not true. true. No, that's where, a left-wing no, no, veterans' organization. No, they're not left-wing. Hold up, where's your proof? 
my proof. I'll send you some links. When I, we mean, I, I, I appreciate the proof because it's amazing how you no. keep saying this, but literally veterans organizations no, and who actually are fighting for this no, talk to say this not happening. It is happening. And more importantly, if I would hope that you would go up on Capitol Hill when they have their bicommal piece of veterans organizations, when they testify on what has gone through so far. And more importantly, he's also had and allowing more veterans to go with decreased wait times to private hospitals. So, yes, he's done some great things for our veterans. Hold you on. might not so, like so, it. Wait a minute. So you're, you you're giving like credit to Trump for a veteran's change that happened under Obama. Monique, go no, ahead. No, it was not under Obama. That was what I was about to say. Monique, go ahead. It, it, it was the, not under Obama. Monique, go ahead. It was the not under Obama. The bill was first signed in 2014. It was not under Obama. 2014 by President Barack Obama that enabled private dollars to pay for veterans' needs, medical and health care needs, through the VA. And the this current president... that was 2014. This and he's updated president. it. It was more of us that he's updated. Okay. Ah, ah, Thank okay. you. Uh, uh, hold on, hold on. Monique, then Rob, go ahead. But, yeah. the, but the problem, and I, I, I really, I don't want to get into this random and absurd conversation, but I do want for the people who are listening to hear facts, and it is not a fact that President Trump was the one responsible for the gains under the VA. They renewed a program that was previously initiated under the administration of President Obama and signed in 2014 by Obama. And there were increases to the overall budget of the VA during President Obama's tenure. And I'm not understanding at all why you would say that that's not let true. Me also, sure let me fast. also point out another I mean, lie you just said, CJ. A you lie? Said, yes, a go, lie. Go ahead. You said the military, veterans did not get a pay raise under Obama, right? Is that what you said? They got the biggest pay raise under no, no, no. Trump. You said, no, no, said you said, you said veterans did not get a pay raise under Obama. Oh, I mean, veterans don't get a pay raise based on you. They're veterans, military. No, no, no. Okay, military. So you said military did not get a pay raise under Obama. They didn't get a large one, no. No, no, no. You I, said they hold didn't on. get one. You said they didn't get a pay raise. So which one is it, CJ? A pay they raise get... or not? Which one is it? They got the largest one under Trump. Okay. Now you want... Okay, see, if you're going to make a lie... If you're gonna if you go if you're gonna state a lie, either stand with it or say, you know what, I was wrong. So which one is it? I might have misstated, but they got the biggest one under. No, Trump. you only misstated because you know I'm about to come with the heat. Because the reality is, let me give you a fact. Okay, the last time service members did not get an annual pay increase was 1983. This okay? Listen, Todd Harrison. Did they get one under Bush? Todd Harrison. Did you not hear what I just said? The I last time... Listen, listen. I can hear. CJ, I can quote hear. from Political Fact. Political Fact. The last time service members didn't receive an annual pay increase was in 1983, and that was only because of a one-time technical quirk. Trump was, quote, totally incorrect, said Todd Harrison, director of defense budget analysis at the Center for Strategic and International Studies, quote, the military has gotten a pay raise each and every year. Rob. So the, the whole point of this, because I know CJ effectively took us down a rabbit hole, uh, the president is, is playing games with war. He's a, he's a billionaire that, that it, it just, does, just doesn't matter to him. He does not care. He thinks it's a game, and he just has fun. Like, he's a reality show host. That's what he does, and now he's playing president. Uh, and he's using so this opportunity to figure out everything else 
No, actually, he was a serious he was a serious person that actually was a scholar and, and did a lot to earn his to earn his way there. This person, uh, you know, what? wrote his Missing back over. Rob, 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 hold on one second. Cause see, here's the other deal. CJ also had another lie. And it was a lie. She said they got the largest pay raise under Trump. Henry, go to my iPad. This is a chart showing average annual basic pay increase for the United States military, 1974 through, through 2018. The largest pay raise took place in 1981. Second largest was in 1980. The third largest, which tied with 1977, took place in 2002. You said that didn't happen, right? Who was president in 2002? Was that Bush? Because you questioned whether Bush gave him a pay raise. Now, let's zoom in to this. CJ, look at the monitor. I'm looking. Here it shows pay raises for the military. You see the years uh, 2008, 9, 10. 2008, 9, and 10 are higher than 2017 and 18. Mm -hmm. So this actually proved what you said is a lie. You said they got the largest pay increase. This shows right here that According there was a... I, I'm not done. This According says there was a larger pay increase for the military in 2009 and 2010 under Obama than in 2017 and 2018 under Trump. Based on what my facts and based on based upon your, your facts, facts and my president. Facts. Hold up, your facts. <laughs> I don't have. I'm sorry, facts. CJ. Let me help you. Do you know the where the president I'm, has no, stated? No, no, CJ. CJ. The president has CJ, stated. Do you know where I'm getting Congress this from? Congress has stated. No, CJ. Look, this is y'all. Henry, show it, please. You I said see. your facts. What I, I just showed you, CJ, came from the National Defense Budget Estimates for fiscal year 2019. What does it say? Department of Defense. So what are your facts? The President of the United States, and I will not dispute what he has stated. So you believe in a liar. Okay. Trump facts. Rob, go ahead. <laughs> no, look. Look, we... Uh, Trump has created a world where there, there, there really are complete alternative facts, and people believe an entire universe, one that's completely made up. None of us are there except those who want to believe it. So look, he created this war as a distraction. He wants to, to distract people from his bad behavior, from his corrupt behavior, from his impeachable behavior. He wants to have a conversation about war and how tough he is. He's not tough. He's not tough at all. And um, look, I just hope people are paying attention because this could escalate. Thankfully, it looks like it hasn't to this point, but we're just fortunate right now. But every moment he is in the, in, in the White House, uh, people are at risk, and, but, our, and but, our freedom is at risk, and, and, our, and, the, and, and the people that serve our military are at risk. He does not care about what their families are going through. He, he, he executed this without any thought Without any, without without any type of strategy about what what would actually be next, he just said, "Oh, I want to look tough. Let's do this. Send out a tweet, and then I can just do this." Uh, this was not. He had a strategy. Uh, Did you out, not see his na his national security team behind him? Wait, 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 wait! I'm sorry. Hold up. Did you just say he had a strategy? Yes, he did. Is that what you said? Yes, strategy. Ladies and gentlemen, Monique, hold on. I want you to hold that point because y'all today there was a military briefing that took place on Capitol Hill, Republicans and Democrats. This is Senator Mike Lee of Utah, Republican. This is what he had to say after listening to the so-called strategy of Donald Trump. We just left the briefing 
and we were, we were talking about Iran. I, I want to state at the outset, I support President Trump. I support and respect the manner in which he has approached his commander-in-chief powers. I believe that more than any other president in my lifetime, President Trump has shown a lot of restraint. He's been reluctant to get us involved in wars all over the globe. He's been very mindful and respectful of the fact that when the American people are asked to give up blood and treasure, they're sending off their sons and their daughters, their moms and their dads into battlefield. And he's therefore very careful about it. I respect that enormously. My comments at the moment are not directed toward the attack that occurred on Friday. We'll leave that to another day. I will say that we were brought into this briefing today to talk to us about that attack on Friday. I ha had hoped and expected to receive more information outlining the legal, factual, and moral justification for the attack. I was left somewhat unsatisfied on that front. The briefing lasted only 75 minutes, whereupon our briefers left. This, however, is not the biggest problem I have with the briefing, which I would add was probably the worst briefing I've seen, at least on a military issue, in the nine years I've served in the United States Senate. What I found... He said it was the worst military briefing in the nine years he served in the United States Senate. Trump has been there how many years? That means Mike Lee came in when Obama was president. Henry, go back to my iPad. Stressing about that briefing was that one of the messages we received from the briefers was do not debate, do not discuss the issue of the appropriateness of further military intervention against Iran. And that if you do, you'll be emboldening Iran. The implication being that we would somehow be making America less safe by having a debate or a discussion about the appropriateness of further military involvement against the government of Iran. Now, I find this insulting and demeaning, not, not personally, but to the office that each of the 100 senators in this building happens to hold. I find it insulting and I find it demeaning to the Constitution of the United States, to which we've all sworn an oath. It is, after all, the prerogative of the legislative branch to declare war. Article 1, Section 8 makes that very clear. Alexander Hamilton in Federalist Number 69 made clear that this was a sharp contrast from the form of government that we had prior to the Revolution, a form of government in which the executive, the king, had the power to take us to war. He did not need the, the parliament to weigh in on it, to support it. That was the Parliament's job after the fact, after we had gone into war. This, Hamilton explained in Federalist 69, is exactly the reason why this power was put in Article 1, Section 8, in the branch of government most accountable to the people at the most regular intervals. When we send our brave soldiers, sailors, airmen, and Marines into harm's way, we owe the American people the decent courtesy to follow the Constitution, to debate and discuss these actions. For them to tell us that either through a War Powers Act resolution or otherwise, for us to debate and discuss these things on the Senate floor would somehow weaken the American cause and embolden Iran in any other actions, I, I find very insulting. Now look, um, I hope that they'll come back and they'll say, no, you misunderstood us. We didn't say that at all.
Um, Monique, insulting, demeaning, worst brief, worst military briefing in my nine years. This is Trump's so-called best and brightest. Yes, and the part that was important to me about that is he's saying the insult to the institution, to Congress and to the Constitution is it's this, you can see the authoritarianism coming through that... Like, they, don't you they, dare question. Right, because those are the orders that they're getting, that the, their commander-in-chief does not want any pushback, any debating, any concern for Congress to actually do their job, which is if we're going to declare war, it has to be discussed, it has to be de debated and decided by them. But the marching orders that the White House is giving is that they somehow threaten the safety of our country by doing the job that the Constitution of the United States requires them to do. It is not optional for them to question and require from the president justification if the recommendation is, as I said before, sending men and women into harm's way. I received a text message um, three, four days ago, whenever the, the day before the attack, from a girlfriend who I'll, I'll just leave off of here from my hometown, and she sent me a picture of her son that they had seen on social media, which was how she found out that he had been dispatched and asked for our prayers. And her daughter was the one who had sent it to her. Now, for that goes with the job. Everybody knows that. Mm -hmm. But when that happens, because this president is trying to duck an impeachment and the heat that goes with that and trying to distract from it, or when it happens because the president is surrounded by people who are, whose only real desire is to create opportunities for revenue and for personal gain, um, then, as I said, we are in a very sad situation. Rob, what is interesting here is that this is Donald Trump's people telling United States senators, duly elected, one, don't do your job, two, you don't have any oversight of what we do. Right, well, you know, and, and to this point, I can see why he told them that, because they've gone along with it. Most people in that party have been cowards and traitors. They've gone along with whatever the president has said, have said, has said, no matter what the Constitution says, no matter how corrupt, no matter how much he tried to overrule their authority. This has been done many times. We, this, this current president has done so many things that other presidents, I mean, Obama, of course, couldn't got, he couldn't have done any of these things. He would have been thrown out, probably be in jail right now. But no president has done the amount of things he's done. So I want them, hopefully, he, show, he started showing maybe they have a little bit of a backbone because I'm not sure, I mean, he's trying to get rid of Congress, because at, at this point, if they don't stand up at some point, we don't have a constitution, we don't have a rule of law, we don't have anything. Just think about that point he said, as, as I conclude. He said, uh, the, the, the military officials that were briefing Senator Lee said that debate weakens America. Debate is what is the most American thing we can have. If we're not able to debate, we no longer have a free country. If Why are we here? Are we just going to get make, make Trump king? Is that what we're doing now? I just, I'm just asking. Well, again, um, CJ, uh, Ed O'Keefe was with CBS News. This is what mm -hmm. uh, he tweeted out. Here we go to my iPad. Schumer's asked that Pompeo, Secretary of State, Esper, Secretary of Defense and Company, announced that they had to leave as the questions got harder. Pompeo and Esper were set to address reporters after the all-senators briefing, but left without doing so. Apparently, 97 senators were in attendance. Only 15 got to ask questions. You just heard an ardent, hardcore supporter of Donald Trump 
call that the worst military briefing in nine years. You defend that nonsense? At the end of the day, Senator Lee, a great libertarian who... Is he a Republican? He is a Republican, and he's a libertarian. Has he Republican. voted along the lines of Donald Trump? Yes, he has, and again... Has he supported and, Donald and, Trump? And again, as his First Amendment right, he's entitled to his opinion. No, actually, now, not as a right as a United States senator. He's but, entitled to his but, opinion. But actually, he it, was gave him, it. it was him and Rand Paul. And but, they're both entitled to their but opinion, it, and, they, it, and he gave it. But does it not bother you when you have two then, U.S. senators say it was the worst no. military briefing in nine years? No, because at the end of the day, this president ran that there would be no Benghazi on his watch, Iran attacked our embassy. He killed a contractor. I'm sorry, Iran attacked our embassy when? Yes. The other night, the reason we sent a, a missile over Keep there. Keep going. And so at the end of the day, this president said there'd be no Benghazi. And he's not going to send up there, and Secretary Pompeo is not going to say, oh, what difference does it make? It makes a goddamn difference when you have someone, when we talk about a red line, he told them if you hit our bases, if you hit our men and women, if you hit our embassy, hey, be prepared for retaliation. And again, as J.R. Johnson said, who had served twice in the Obama administration as the head attorney for DOD, and then I'm over J.R. Johnson. Okay, I'm sorry. J.R. Johnson was the head of the Dep Department of Homeland Security. No, before he went to Homeland no, but Security. He two terms. He, he served in two positions. Right, but he was. He, was, he, was, he started off at he was DOD. The head of the Department of Homeland Security. He started off at DOD, thank Got you. It. Right. As a military attorney. Right, but he wasn't just an attorney. He became Secretary of the Department of Homeland Security. You didn't Go let ahead. me finish. So he started off there. And then he went to Secretary at Homeland Security. He said, along with other folks, that the president had the right and the authority... Okay, you still haven't answered the question. First of all, we understand the president has the right to the authority to... And call. again, First of all, and, and, on, and the president has CJ, never CJ, said... CJ, the president has never said... Aware, and he has not said that CJ, we are going we are to fully war. Aware, and if we go CJ, to war we are just fully as President Bush did, the president of the then the Senate and the House can, can debate. But you still no. have not addressed the issue What's of the that issue? when you have United States senators who are Republicans... And again, I did. ...who are saying it was an awful briefing, and how do you go to the... They expressed their first... How do you go they to the United States Senate and you do a 75 minute briefing? You don't have to be in there for five hours. They chose wow. that they wanted you're, to do a two hour, you, a 75 minute briefing. You're talking about the killing of a major leader. Right. Wait, wait, wait. This is a world leader that, uh, by the way, he was not a good person. That's not the point. Are we going to start taking out everybody that we disagree with? And There's the people threat in Saudi was Arabia. Imminent. Wait, wait, and he wait. Said, the threat look, wasn't there. The there will be no Benghazi. And he's not going to do it. Rob, Rob, Go ahead, Rob. Go ahead, Rob. Hold on, CJ. I'll let you finish. But nobody has said there was a credible threat except for Trump. No, and so far, you heard people have the the, the uh, debrief, and no one can back up the claims that this president says. So, you know, he no, seems to be lying or making it that. up. You only had no, two Republicans who said Lee they said didn't. it was the worst. He said it was the worst briefing. He didn't talk about the claims. And he also said, wait, do you, I have this one question for you. Are you okay with them saying debate makes America weak? Do you agree with that? The president never said that. I don't, no, no, I don't know. What, what people people said it. I was not in there. Phil, you what in any of meetings you say you're talking about. I you, wasn't you in have there. Sat here, you have sat here and tried to offer so-called evidence. You were not in a single one of those meetings. You don't know where my ass was. You can't even state where you got it from. I got it from... CJ, you are like literally American, sitting like here the making American stuff American up. People, like the American people. No. The president said through his Twitter feed when he spoke to the American people, through <laughs> CJ, his press you secretary, are literally, he said is, that he would not this, have a Benghazi. This is a Comedy Central segment. You are Comedy literally Central sitting here Joker. making stuff up and then go, oh, I'll send you the links. You can't even pull it up on your iPad. Pull them up. 
veterans with Trump administration mission acts reforms wins. Okay. Well, that's from where? Um, again. No, that's from where? Military.com. And si no, so what does the story say? And that was July. No, what does the story say? You read a headline. What is it? You want to read it? I'll send it to you. No, so no, you what is it? it? No, According we're sitting to here. All the headlines in the media, Department of Veteran Affairs implementation of the Mission Act was going to be something of a mess. One story said, except, expect glitches. Another said, I'm confusion. sorry, hold up. You said which act? The Mission Act. Okay. But thanks the, to hold up, hold up. The dedicated VA I'm sorry, hold up, hold up. The country, you said the Mission President Act. To, yes. Who's, who's, who signed that? Donald Trump. So when Monique laid out to you, the fact that the bill was signed under Obama. No. So what, it doesn't no, matter? No, this was not signed under Obama. No, no. She stated, you, no, you touted. I, stop, stop, no, CJ. I didn't talk CJ, about the CJ, Act. you touted VA members being allowed to go to private hospitals. You credited Trump for that. Okay? You said it was a mess under Obama. It was signed by Obama. Without Obama signing it, it ain't law. So how, so how you go, Trump how you gonna credit Trump and ignore no 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 how you gonna credit Trump how you gonna credit Trump but ignore the guy who signed the bill and ignore the Congress who passed it when Trump was sitting there in New York how you gonna do that I'm not doing it Monique go ahead I, 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 again this is like this, this ain't even alternative facts this is like uh, straight up make believe go ahead so I think what it's important for us to do now um, as voters and as a country is to not ignore the necessity of impeachment hearings because someone who is not stable, who is amoral, and who delights mm -hmm. in proceeding absent education and not listening to the advice of those who are left around him who actually can provide it. What we have to do is the opposite of what uh, the president and his minions want. So yep. we have to pay attention to the impeachment process. We have to call our senators and impress upon them the importance of the procedure being fair, the importance of there being a real trial, the importance of witnesses being called uh, and stay on mission, and it, it does matter. So when someone like Bolton, who three or four at this point, other witnesses have provided testimony about be thinking. There are transcripts of those meetings. Um, there are readouts and notes from the people who said that he said different things. We need to hear all of that, and that's what's going to make a difference. Don't don't do this where we just fall for the banana and the tailpipe um, and we start talking about I mean I'm I'm in some sort of diamond and silk redo, but I am neither diamond nor silk. Just keep that in mind. Rob final no, comment. No, no, so just just to add to her point and I'll be very quick on this. Uh, you know, democracy is hard to maintain and all the close questions of America ending Jim Crow ending slavery were very, very, very close questions. And, yeah. and, and it requires people to be engaged. Uh, so, you know, nothing's guaranteed. Our democracy's not guaranteed. The future's not guaranteed. Progress is not guaranteed. Uh, all of that has to be fought for. We have to stay in, we have to stay engaged. We have to stay vigilant. These are really, really, really close and stressful times. And uh, this current president can change the whole trajectory of America and take away freedoms from many, many, many different people if we're not careful. So, look, we better be engaged. We better wake up. Uh, and again, folks, uh, the reason we do a fact check, because I don't tolerate uh, when Donald Trump lies, I use the hashtag Trump Lies Matter. Every time he lies, and if somebody comes on this show and lies and makes stuff up, 
you're going to get called out. It doesn't matter if you're Democrat, doesn't matter whether you're Republican, whether you're black, whether you're white, doesn't matter. But the bottom line is Donald Trump consistently stands in front of the American people and lies and somehow thinks that we can't go back and check those things. Like, for instance, when he kept claiming that the bill Monique talked about, he kept claiming that he actually signed it into law. No, he didn't. Those were lies. That bill was signed into law by President Barack Obama. Got to go to break. We come back. We'll talk to Val Patrick. Does he have a shot at getting the Democratic nomination? And if not, why is he running? You're watching Roller Martin Unfiltered. You want to check out Roller Martin Unfiltered? YouTube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real. It's Roland Martin Unfiltered. See that name right there? Roland Martin Unfiltered. Like, share, subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's YouTube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. And don't forget to turn on your notifications so when we go live, you'll know it. All right, folks, let's talk about... Uh, actually, we're going to go right to the Deval Patrick story, folks, uh, and let's deal right with that. Yesterday, of course, we talked to the former governor of Massachusetts about him running for the Democratic nomination. Uh, here's a part of that interview. All right, we're going to get that in a second, folks. So, of course, so we had about a 30-minute interview uh, with Governor Deval Patrick on yesterday. Let me know when we have that clip ready uh, where he talked about why he was running. Uh, now we have it ready? Go ahead. Well, Governor Deval Patrick, glad to have you on Roller Martin Unfiltered. Good to be with you. Thank you. Happy New Year. So, uh, when you and I talked at the NAACP convention uh, last year, I specifically asked you whether or not you were going to run. You hedged uh, on that uh, very issue. Well, people are asking, oh my goodness, is, is he going to run? Are you thinking about it or, you're, or are you talking about it? Uh, just your thoughts about potentially 2020. Well, look, I'm not running today. Uh, I'm here because I... Except to catch a plane at 5.30. Yeah, right. I do, <laughs> I do have to run soon. Uh, you know, I've, I've, got a, I've got a great new business where we're, we're doing impact investing, and I'm focused on that. And I've got a great team and some investors and a team and some companies we've invested in who are depending on us uh, and depending on me to be engaged in that. And I'm, I'm trying to be involved in the midterms because I think it's a critical... It's a critical uh, cycle. And in campaigning across the country for yeah. different folks? Yeah, and, I, and we've identified a number of, uh, a small number of uh, campaigns where I've been uh, invited and where I think I can, be, I can be helpful and I can do that consistent with my day job. Uh, and that's my focus for now. Uh, and all of a sudden, what, 20 plus candidates got in the race and, and January and February and months going, and then all of a sudden, very late in 2019, you just have to jump in. Mm -hmm. uh, why? Well, we were ready to go uh, uh, more than a year before, um, and about three weeks before uh, our announcement date, my wife, uh, Diane, was uh, diagnosed with cancer. And uh, that's the sort of thing that just brings your feet back to earth, Roland. We paid attention to her and to that. Um, I'm very, very uh, grateful that uh, when we celebrated 35 years of marriage in May, uh, she's cancer-free. Um, we continue to watch a race, a race with a lot of talent in it and a lot of time and a lot of money, but where the leader still is somebody called undecided. Uh, and I think that um, uh, folks are undecided because um, uh, we're at risk of missing a moment, a moment where we can do more than uh, get rid of the current president, but really reinvent America so that prosperity and justice uh, is available to everybody everywhere. And uh, that's been a lot of my life's work, as I think you know. Uh, and I believe that I have a, a unique range of uh, life and leadership experience to deliver on that. Uh, the question is, does he have a shot? 
Why is he in the race? Monique, your assessment. The shame of it is how late he's entered because he's a great guy, uh, super smart, does well in rooms, uh, and I've been, because I vowed this election cycle, I am going to listen to every single person so I know what they're talking about, and I understand why people are pulling into those rooms in Iowa to listen to him. Uh, I don't know if he gets any traction or not, uh, and the name of the game right now is Vice President Biden, so uh, if he can do anything to pick him off, I, I haven't seen it yet. CJ, your assessment of Deval Patrick, uh, did he get in too late? Oh, he definitely got in too late. I mean, at the end of the day, he has to compete with not just Joe Biden, he has to compete with Elizabeth Warren based on the fact that a lot of Obama's folks are, you know, lining up behind her. And then he has to contend with, you know, what is Mike Bloomberg out here doing? So, I mean, he should have gotten in much sooner. The question now, you know, can he position himself to be on the VP ticket? Uh, Rob... So, uh, I, I, I actually like Governor Deval Patrick. He was on my show as well. Uh, I just think it's too late. And he got, he got involved too late. And I think he saw an opening uh, in the moderate lane uh, and, and believed he could occupy that space. Uh, I just don't think he has the time or a narrative that can get him there. So, I wish I could give a better answer, but I think that's the answer. And again, I think that when you look at uh, this race, most folks started getting this race. Some declared, what, the end of 20, uh, 2018. Then, of course, you saw 2019. Uh, and he's right undecided, is leading. But I think you are seeing uh, what's going to happen. Uh, folks going to be voting in Iowa next month. Uh, and so I think it's going to be really difficult for him uh, to move forward. Now, Democrats are also complaining about uh, Mike Bloomberg because uh, he is uh, self-funding his campaign, is getting pushback from them. He made it perfectly clear that he is not, that he will love to participate in the debates, but the Democratic rules require that you actually have grassroots support. You have a certain number of donors. Rob, I'll start with you. Um, this is where uh, I, this is where I think it is important. Like, I get it. Mike Bloomberg is rich as hell. He's what? 20, 30, 50, 40 billion dollars. You know, $54 billion. But what the Democrats are also saying is that by having these requirements, and I know people have complained about them. Uh, I know Corey, Senator Cory Booker has complained because he, he actually, actually hasn't qualified for the January debates because of the thresholds. But I actually agree with those thresholds. I, I think it is important uh, for somebody seeking the nomination to have donors from all 50 states. To have people from all across the country, because you also need to be able to show you have a grassroots effort. I saw, matter of fact, uh, Jonathan Capehart uh, sent a tweet out earlier. Uh, I responded to it because, frankly, I disagreed with it. Uh, where he um, he basically criticized the people who are criticizing Mike Bloomberg by saying is that Bloomberg is running these ads and what he is doing is um, uh, uh, that he is doing what he's doing. He said that he is... I'll, re I'll read the tweet. He says, Enough with the whining about Bloomberg trying to buy the president, president nomination. Uh, yes, he is, he is spending a lot of his own money uh, to make his bid viable, but he also uh, he's also doing what party needs, waging an assault against Trump that will benefit the eventual nominee. I said, but K-Part, Mike Bloomberg could have taken that $100 million and waged that Correct. war against Donald Trump by funding a massive grassroots campaign. The only folks he has made happy are TV station execs 
people love the money he is spending. Uh, Jonathan responded by saying his pockets are deep enough to do both. A hundred million digital ad campaign, 10 million to protect House Dems, 15 to 20 million voter registration in 10 swing states. But that's not my point. My point is, dude, you're spending a hundred million dollars already right. running. It's not going anywhere. He's, I'm no, sorry, no. Mike Bloomberg, you ain't getting the nomination. No, I don't see it happening in, in, under any circumstance. So, and, he, and, and he's also avoiding accountability because, look, he could, he could qualify for those debates. He just had to spend a little bit of money on Facebook ads. And he'd find all those donors all across the country. You get $1 from people all across the country. So he is using that as an excuse to not debate things like stop and frisk that he reintroduced in New York. And he should be held accountable. And there should be debate about that because, as you know, a lot of the Democratic base is African-American. That had a disproportionate effect against African-Americans. We ought to be able to talk about it and at least learn uh, where he stands on that now. I think that's completely fair, and it's unfair for him not to be held accountable. And second, look, if you're running for president, you need to do more than be able to raise money. Let me tell you, uh, Hillary Clinton raised more money than Donald Trump, and Hillary Clinton didn't win the presidency. Uh, raising more money is not enough. You have to also have avid support. And what I'm fearful of, I, I, he's not going to get the nomination, one, but if he did, I think he would lose to Donald Trump. CJ? I think, you know, when you look at Mike Bloomberg, it's not just his record. I think he's been, had a different title as an office holder about four times. He's Democrat, Republican, Independent. Now he's back at being a Democrat. So um, I don't think that bodes well within the Democratic primary. I think, you know, Bernie Sanders has done a tremendous job because he's been campaigning since 2016, ever since he felt that the nomination was stolen from him. And I think... But it wasn't. He actually lost. I'm just saying. Well, he can say whatever he wants to, to, but he lost. I'm just repeating what he said. Well, he lost. And so, based on the fact that he felt the nomination was stolen from him, I think Bloomberg feels that I don't have to defend my record. I don't have to, you know, abide by the party rules. I don't have to respect the Democratic base. I want to get in this, and if I can be a spoiler, if I can go to the convention and make it a contested one, that's what I'm willing to do. Monique, this is, again, very rich guy. I get it. He's got enough money. Sure, he can, he can blow his money. But look at Tom Steyer. He's a billionaire. He complied with the rules. He went out, used his money to build his list, to get those donations, to get in the debates. Bottom line is, Mike Bloomberg needs to be on those debate stages going up against the other candidates if he wants folks to support him. Just sitting here buying a bunch of TV ads, and this is why I told Jonathan, the people who are most happy with Mike Bloomberg are network and television executives, the people yep. who are making money from this. So he's doing, like, a vanity publishing project. To me, that's, that's the equivalent of what his run is, um, the way that people will write a book that nobody wants to buy, you know, and, and then they'll self-publish or they'll find a way for some publisher to just for the sake of them having a book. So for the sake of him being in this race, he's willing to, to, to burn money because it's, it's the same as burning it. He's not helping the party um, with the money that he's spending on getting himself elected. It'd be different if it was, as everyone's already said, already attack ads. But what I think was important about what he said in response was this. I listen to other people, but I don't want to have to answer to them. I'm not for sale. I'm not bought. Now, that would be well and good if it wasn't for the fact that he's running for a position where you have to answer to people. And that's why the rules are in place, so that there can be a gauge on whether there is a real 
public support for him and whether he's accountable to anyone. And, and as it stands now, he's accountable only to himself. And that is dangerous. But the Democratic Party can fix it. They have rules now. They can have rules to address this situation. So in that regard, I agree with Capehart. It's, it, they're, they're complaining about a circumvention of the rules they put in place. Well, I think actually, but also, the complaints from candidates towards Bloomberg are really about nailing him for trying to buy the presidency. So, right. it's so, look, these candidates aren't saying, oh, Mike, please go out and get 200,000 donors from 50 states so you can be in the debate. No, what they're saying is, you're a rich dude who's trying to buy this race and you don't... Which is true. And, and you don't <laughs> want to sit here and have to, frankly, yes, listen to other people. And the reality is this here. Mike Bloomberg, actually, and again, by being so rich, by running these ads, he does believe that he can circumvent the process and not mm -hmm. have to answer tough questions about his record, which is why his, his so-called apology at Pastor A.R. Bernard's church uh, for stopping the frisk was BS. When he was asked by a CBS reporter about the Central Park Five case, and it's like, oh, I, I've really forgotten those things. See, that doesn't cut it on a debate stage. And so what he's doing is he's going to these places where he's doing these one-offs or where it's just sort of him on stage. This Friday, he's going to be at Stacey Abrams' voter summit uh, in Georgia. Uh, of course, he's, he, was a, he was a huge uh, donor of that as well. But Mike Bloomberg, if he wants to be the Democratic nominee, he needs to answer questions, answer his record, and be on the stage so, so everybody can see how he fares against Biden, Sanders, Warren, Buttigieg, Klobuchar, uh, Steyer, yep. and all the other candidates. That, Rob, has to happen. And it's also, and by the way, it's, it's, it's also good training because he's going he's gonna to have to go. Let's say he did get the nomination, which I still don't think it was going to happen. Uh, he's going to go against Donald Trump, and he needs to be, and he's going to go against the whole Republican apparatus. And these, these debates help prepare you for that moment. So he needs to do it also if he's serious about being the candidate. It, it will help it will help him. It will refine his message. You need to know how you can stand up against your opponent. So he should do it anyway. Well, the uh, only chance he has at getting the black vote is if he explains himself. If he continues to refuse to debate and explain himself, then he will not get the nomination. He won't get it anyway. Explaining you're losing. Well, I think he, <laughs> he you know, he's doing Stacey's place, you know, event to say, hey, you know, I've gone to a black event and I'm, you know, I'm doing this. But the other thing no one's talking about is the fact that the Democratic candidates they don't have enough money to pay the political rates on these stations because he's made it sky high. So how are they going to be able to get their, their message out based on the ad buys that Bloomberg has done? Okay, but you're a Democratic candidate. You're not worried about that because, because, no. the, because the reality is this year. If you look at the existing polling in those first three states, yeah, Bloomberg, because of his ads, according to the polling, is at 10 11%, but polling is really also about name identification. The question is this year. Does Mike Bloomberg have an infrastructure on the ground. Iowa, Iowa is not about TV ads. Iowa mm -hmm. is about boots on the, the ground. ground. Can you get your people to go to the caucuses? And, and the reality is, all the rest of those candidates, even Senator Kamala Harris, who dropped out, they had infrastructure. They've been putting that stuff in place. What Bloomberg yeah. is thinking, he's thinking, oh, I can fly in at 30,000 feet, fly right over all of this, and y'all just gonna come out and vote for me because I'm a rich guy and it should be a rich guy from New York against a rich guy from New York. It should be a former Republican who's now Demo who's independent, who's now Democrat, 
running against a former Democrat who now says he's a Republican. Yeah. 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 Battle. And yeah, and Mike, you're going to do some real interviews. Sitting down with more than just national media outlets. Because if he somehow thinks, to Money's point, if he thinks he's just going to walk into Georgia and walk into South Carolina and walk into Florida and walk into North Carolina and walk into these states where black voters are, Mike, let me show you what the response is going to be from black voters. Well, the question is going to be... What no, no, Mike, Stacey Mike, Mike, do? this is what it's going to look like. The question is, what is Stacey going to do? It don't matter. First of all, Stacey Abrams can do whatever she want to do. This is, a, this is a primary. This is a primary. And this is very simple. You can't just run ads and then go, I'm good. No. You got to put the work in. The point of it... Look, okay, Trump beat all them, all those Republicans, but he still had to do some damn work. He did a you lot. Couldn't just, you couldn't just sit here and say, I'm going to just run some ads, and it's all good. Nah. He was in every debate. He was, he was in every nah, debate. He was in every debate. I'm telling you, Bloomberg not being in debates, yeah, it's going to be a problem. Well, he didn't yeah. mind taking other people's money, so of course he was in every debate. Oh, hell yeah, because he had no intentions on self-funding. First of all, he was, lying. he was lying about self-funding <laughs> his mean, campaign. Hell yeah, he was going to take oh, other people's Lord. money. That's all he's done his whole career. All right, I got to go life. to a break. I'll be right back and roll my unfiltered. You want to check out Roland Martin Unfiltered? YouTube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real. It's Roland Martin Unfiltered. See that name right there? Roland Martin Unfiltered. Like, share, subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's YouTube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. And don't forget to turn on your notifications so when we go live, you'll know it. All right, y'all, speaking of black folks uh, in these various campaigns, I want to go. So Pete Buttigieg is out with a new black ad. Oh, yeah. So uh, here's a video of, of, of black folks touting, black folks from South Bend, Indiana, touting Pete Buttigieg for president. I'm Pete Buttigieg, and I approve this message. Manufacturing companies, when they shut down, the workforce shuts down. The homes were dilapidated and falling and crumbling. I met Pete when he was running for mayor. What I saw was that he was accessible. He listened to our community. Mayor Pete is light years ahead of some people that have been in politics for many, many years. He has a heart for our city. And I think he'll show the same heart to our country. Uh, uh, he's never got more than 11,000 votes running, got blown away running for statewide office, uh, mayor of a small town. Can Pete Buttigieg go from small town mayor to Indiana to the Democratic nomination for president? Uh, I would say he's going to need some better ads, though, right? I mean, this was a this was a clear ad that was like, okay, black people like me. He needs he needs to talk more about what he's going to do, not just have black people say, "I like you." It has to say, like, well, what is it that you've done? What is it that you're going to do to improve the lives of African Americans and others? Um, and so far, he's he's got some ways to go on that. He, could, I mean, it, it it could happen. He's done very well in the polls. Uh, he's raised a lot of money. He had no money before. Um, I, I can tell you, this current environment is so hard to predict. I mean, Donald Trump is president, so look, anything's possible. CJ? I think the key thing for him, again, as Ron said, he's going to have to defend his record in Indy, you know, as mayor. You have a lot of African Americans, um, you know, in his city that don't know him. And the first time they've seen him is, 
he showed up late when the police shooting. So he's going to have to really kind of figure out how can I not just do a commercial, but how can I just reach out and touch and have something that's more meaningful? And he's not had that meaningful debate. I mean, he went to the Urban League. You know, he's, you know, finding different places. He's doing town halls. But he's not had that meaningful interchange with his constituents in his community in his backyard for them to vouch for him on the national stage. Money, he has attended a number of uh, black events. He's talked, he touts his Marshall Plan. He's reached out to various black media folks. I've talked to him on a couple of occasions as well. Why do you think he is not, and I've seen your tweets as well, so uh, yeah, the look <laughs> on your face right now is nothing new. Uh, so uh, why, uh, why do you think, now go back to her, go back and put it on Monique. She's the one who's having uh, the, the looks. So why is he not connecting? Why, why you've been very critical. What's what's the deal? Um, he's a fraud. So how so? Because I don't, I don't care how many churches you sit through the whole service for. If when I see your interview, you're telling young children who know better that the founding fathers, unfortunately, sadly, didn't know slavery was wrong. Listen, you can't connect with me if you are untethered to the facts of the human experience as a black person in the United States of America. Now, he may be a good mayor, or maybe those black people were willing to get in that ad because they trying to get rid of him as mayor and stick him on me as president, and I don't appreciate that, black people in South Bend. My point is this. He may be well-meaning, but he is uninformed and he is disingenuous. And when he is called on the carpet for both of those things, nobody comes back and explains it. He has these sharp-tongued people under him. He comes on real sweetness and light and, and sincerity, and then his comms director comes and backs it up, talking about Clinton this and Biden that and operatives and all of this, and that's what I've been vocal about. I'm like, uh, no communications person, whatever her name is, if he said something Liz that Smith. is inaccurate, fix it. So you're, so you're in control of the message, and your candidate is out there looking wet behind the ears because he's wet behind the ears. It's not that he may never be president. I'm just like, okay, not, not right now. This is white privilege. Every time I look at him, I understand why Booker and Harris and Patrick, if he had gotten in sooner, and for that matter, Warren, Klobuchar, um, you name it, I understand why he can crawl on top of them as a white male and, and people who said that his sexual orientation we were going to affect that are, I mean, they're living in la-la land. Of course not. White man in America is white man in America, and every time I look at him, that is what I see. And that is what I would say directly. It's not wait your turn, but it's if you're going to jump the line. You ain't no Barack Obama. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm done. Not the, even the, JFK. The, the, the video on you not you no, sure you're, really you're not even a JFK when you but he wasn't even jumping the line like this. He didn't come from no eleven thousand vote mayor position. But this, but this is well, a, but hold on one second. Hold on, I'm gonna come to you. But I do want to play the video Monique is referencing. So people okay. can understand that. And so uh, this is a short clip. I wish I had the full clip, but this is what he was, she was talking about. Can we go to my iPad? Similarly, the amendment process. They were wise enough to realize that they didn't have all the answers and that some things would change. Uh, a good example of this is something like slavery or civil rights. Uh, for, it's a, an embarrassing thing to admit 
but the people who wrote the Constitution did not understand that slavery was a bad thing and did not respect civil rights. Uh, and yet they created a framework uh, so that as the generations came to understand that that was important, they could write that into the Constitution too and ensure true equal protection for all of us. Similarly, the amendment process, they were why Slavery, they didn't realize slavery wasn't a bad thing. Well, they clearly agreed with it. So they didn't think it was a bad thing. So you, what is your that's, objection? That's patently false. Go ahead. Founding fathers from Madison to Jefferson. Well, a few of them did. To Hamilton. Even the ones who were defending it were defending it for the purpose of economy. And, 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 and they figured out this three-fifths thing on the back end to justify what they were trying to do for purposes of economy. But right. they wrote at length about the fact that what was being done was unconscionable. I mean, I mean, it, it, it was unconscionable, but they kept doing it. Of course, and that's why they did what they knew was bad. That's what makes him so ignorant in saying that, because they knew it was wrong, they did it anyway, and he sat there in front of these impressionable children who are now adult voters who have grown up thinking Mayor Pete said that slavery, the founding fathers didn't even really know was bad, as embarrassing as it is. Embarrassing? That people died? That, that, that people jumped off of ships in order to... I'm gonna start crying. I'm done. I don't talk. Rob, go ahead. Well, look, look, I, I, it was... He clearly was a sloppy statement, and he was wrong for how he said it. Come but he on. also said, "Wait, wait, 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 wait. Let me finish. Let me finish." And he, but he also said they didn't respect civil rights. What I what I think he intended to say, and clearly he wasn't good at how he said it, was that there was a debate about slavery, and 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 this this nation kept slavery for economic reasons, and it kept it because there wouldn't have been a nation without slavery because you wouldn't have had the South. It would have. That's the reason what left us the Civil War, and that's the point he was trying to make for the amendment process to come in place, but. You know, it was, for him, it was a big mistake, and it was, and he shouldn't have said it that way, and I hope he's apologized for saying it that way and, and making it, and for people to understand that, that, you know, slavery, whenever you talk about slavery, it was, it's the original sin and the current sin of this country, frankly. It hasn't even ended in terms of its effect. We know that, but it was an economic decision. It was a strategic decision, because without it, there wouldn't have been, there wouldn't have been a United States of America, because there would have been no South. That's true. Well, the South would have left. Well, I hope you talk to him again because you just did some. I haven't some, talked to him. You you just did some Mayor Pete speak that his communications director will not do. He has not apologized. That record has not been corrected. They think that they can just floss their way through and ignore these it's things that are insulting to the people of color that he's claiming he wants to connect with. I agree. That, they, they that, to, I agree with you. Uh, there's no argument there, so you're, you're arguing to the converted there. I think he needs to do that, and for him, there's been a lot of other candidates that haven't been perfect, too, one. Second, I would say that he, because he's newer, as you said, because he doesn't have a long record, he needs to be more specific and particular about what he's going to do, and he has to do a better job of explaining his record. So there are some things he has to do. I'm not disagreeing. I just say we have to be careful in this, in this world of when one person says one thing and, 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 and you look at their overall body, 
and, and they haven't been consistent with that, we need to be careful just not to cancel them for the rest of their life. That's all I'm saying. No, say. no, no. He's not canceled. He, he, I mean, I would have him over for dinner. I'm not voting for him for this nomination, or right. and I don't want him to be the president. And this That's is not fair. the first thing that he has said. His record in South Bend in terms of people of color, in terms of criminal justice reform, is lacking. And his answers about why it's lacking are lacking. His numbers on unemployment for black people, that it's lacking and the information that his team put out was inaccurate and then again they and then they didn't correct it and so can, for can, can me I, who's good though who's if good? you're who's, coming who, who's got a good yeah and and here's the thing what I, what I am saying about Mayor Pete is that he is lacking. What I said right. about uh, other people who have left the race and are about to leave the race is that they are better. What I'm saying about Vice yeah, President Biden um, is, is that he's done some things that he's already apologized for, and I think that the apology is insufficient, but I think that he has served long enough in these communities that it's not going to make a difference. I mean, people believe in and trust him for reasons that go beyond any explaining. So... That's probably true. Um, it, you know, it's one of those things where it's just... But what I'm not going to do is let somebody who's, who's brand new... I mean, baby just still needs a diaper change. I'm not going to allow for that kind of jumping across people who have served and served and served who are not making these mistakes. He's not running for mayor anymore. He's running for president of the United States. So there has to be a different level of accountability. And for all these folks out there, the Kamala is a cop folks. You know, the people ignoring Booker, the people who are writing off women who have been running. Uh, hello? What about, I, I actually agree with you on that. I think there was a different standard. And I, and I do think there is something going on right now because there's such a fear and fog with Trump that people, and I think wrongly, have in their mind, and this is a lot of black people, by the way, in their mind, that in order to beat Trump, it requires us to have another white man to beat Trump. And I don't think that's the case. But I, th I do think that's what a lot of people are, uh, are positioned in their mind. So, and it's a lot of black people that are Bottom line is here. I think what is, I think what helps a Pete Buttigieg, what helps Amy Klobuchar, is the fact that the first two states that vote are nearly all white, white states. White, white. And this is where I agree 100% with, with Julian Castro. And th this is not, this is not specific to any one candidate, but I do believe it's important uh, that when you come out of the gate, if the first two states are so critical. Yeah. That determine folks stay in or drop out. Uh, you take you take, again. I go back to a Senator, Senator Kamala Harris. It boiled down to how, what, what was she looking like in Iowa, New Hampshire, and this is where Democrats and, and, and just for everybody to understand something here, there is nothing written in stone that says that the first two primary states must be Iowa, New Hampshire. Now, uh, I think Iowa though, Iowa, Iowa or New Hampshire, one I think is Iowa. That I think they have it in their state constitution. And their secretary of state has said it doesn't matter when any other state announces their deal, they are going to move theirs up. But here's the deal, though. The Democrats don't have to abide by those rules. Remember in 2008, when Florida and Michigan moved their primaries up and against the rules of the Democratic Party? The Democrats said, fine, y'all can go and have your primary. We're not going to count your delegates. Yep. Obama didn't run in those states. 
Hillary Clinton, she won Michigan, won Florida, tried to get those delegates reinstated, and the DNC said no. I dare say in 2024, if a Democrat does not win this November, the Democrats must change their rules and say, sorry, Iowa and New Hampshire, you're no longer going to be king of the hill. If y'all want Iowa and New Hampshire to be first or second, fine, but you got to pick. I personally think if it's going to be Iowa first, South Carolina should be second. Or South Carolina should be first, Iowa second. Or New Hampshire second. It doesn't matter. But what I need y'all to understand, the reason Iowa so desperately wants to be first is not just because, okay, they get to determine coming out of the gate. But it's this. Yeah. It's this. The amount of money, the amount of money that campaigns spend on television ads, on signs, on hotel rooms, on food, on staff, that, folks, is an economy all by itself every four years. Which, if it was California, wouldn't even happen. that's what is going on here. And so I say Tom Perez, the Democratic Party, change those rules. The first two states should not be states that are more than 90% white. That simply cannot be the case. That is not about any one candidate. That's all of the candidates. It should be a far more diverse slate than the first two states. As of right now, it's Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, then South Carolina. So we'll see what happens. I want to thank our panel for being here. Thank you so very much. Uh, Folks, if you want to support what we do, please uh, go to RolandMartinUnfiltered.com. This is an independent, black-owned show. We're here five days a week. We live stream, though. We we stream, though, seven days a week. Nobody else is giving you this kind of content on what we do on a daily basis. It's about us providing you with the news and information you're not going to get on cable or broadcast. They're not going to have these type of conversations and you're not going to see this number of black people sitting down every day together at the same time on television. It ain't gonna happen. Y'all know they don't. If it's a black story, oh, they're fine by 20 of us. Other than that, ain't gonna happen. So please support what we do. Our goal is to get 20,000 of our followers. All of you watching right now, more than 2,400 of you on uh, on. YouTube. We've got more than uh, 600 people who are watching us right now uh, on, um, who are watching us right now on Facebook, and then of course on Periscope. Uh, we got uh, another uh, 100 or so. We want y'all to support what we do because again, we, we gotta make this possible. Our goal is to get 50 bucks a year from each one of you. That's $4.19 a month, 13 cents a day. That's what is required for us to keep this thing independent. We want to be on the road. We want to be on the campaign trail. We want to be going to these places. We want to be going to where you are, but those require resources. And just the other day, matter of fact, I I want to show you this here uh, because it's important. Just just so you understand what we're dealing with here, just the other day, uh, I was reading a story, and um, Variety reported this, uh, that, um, uh, that in the last year, Fox News will take in $1.32 billion. CNN will take in about $775 million. MSNBC would bring in about $730 or $750 million. 
collectively, folks, that is $2.6 billion. Do you wonder why they can have hundreds of people across the globe? Do you, thousands of people, do you wonder why they can have multiple White House correspondents? This is why I've been talking about what happens. This is why you have 24-hour news channels. You have, we're not even counting the 24-hour business networks that are also covering politics as well. We cannot afford to be uninformed. Information is indeed power, and too many of us are uninformed. Please support what we do to make this possible in order for you, us to give you information that you're not getting from other sources. And look, there are people out there who have, who are on YouTube and who are on Periscope, who are on Facebook, and they're talking for five or 10 minutes or even an hour. Are they bringing you guests? Are they covering folks? Are they having panelists? Are they having experts? That, folks, is why we've got to have our own show. Support what we do. Roland Martin on filter.com. All right, y'all, I gotta go. I will see you tomorrow from Birmingham. Hold! From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xu mo.com or download from the app and google play stores today all you can stream with zumo play